0: Is that once you take my quiz and learn about your pattern, you can learn skills to break out of that pattern. And then you can live and parent your kids as your true and authentic self. Click on the quiz link in the show notes or go to Michelle forward slash quiz now to take my two minute personality pattern quiz. Welcome to the Calm Mom Podcast. If you're here to do the inner work that brings a sense of calm amidst the chaos, I'm here to join you on that journey. Each time you press play, your growth continues, so let's get at it. Welcome to the Calm Mom Podcast. Michelle Grosser here, your master coach. Thank you for spending some time with me today. We're going to talk about whether we should let our kids see us cry or get angry or be frustrated or disappointed or all of those big, sometimes uncomfortable emotions. That's where we're going today. But before we go there, I want to ask if you've shared this podcast with a friend yet. My mission here on the Calm on Podcast is to help as many moms as possible learn how to regulate their nervous systems because a regulated nervous system really is the foundation to good parenting. And I believe that that has generational impact. So if you could think of a few moms in your life, some friends that you have, family members um, that you think might benefit from this podcast, please go ahead now. You can shoot them over a link to this episode or any other episode or just the show in general. And I would be so grateful. Um, I thank you guys in advance for all your support. I truly have the best audience and I just love every single one of you. Um, so thanks again for li- for listening. And thanks again for being a part of spreading this message and this show to more moms. All right. So I was on a coaching call uh, yesterday and my client is doing like such great work, such deep work in growing her awareness, especially around her emotions. And I think that tends to happen one, you know, when you listen to something like this or pick up a book or some other podcast and you have all of those like light bulb moments or those aha moments where you're like, oh, you know, I've always thought like I've always kind of noticed that, but I've never really put two and two together. Or I always thought that I had a normal childhood, Um, you know, what is normal. But then when we start to really dig into it and see some of the patterns and the ways in which we cope, really, what, what happens is that these coping strategies, these defense mechanisms that we've picked up that we just think are part of how we are or part of our personality, um, we start to see the connections to them in our childhood. And it really brings up a lot, right? It's like I'm having this awareness now that I actually don't do much with my emotions. That's what she was sharing, right? Like I'm not an angry person. I'm not necessarily like a sad person, but I realized that like anyone else, those emotions come up um, in appropriate and expected situations and circumstances, but then I don't really do much with them. And she had this great question, and I think it's going to make a great episode today, so I wanted to bring it to you guys. But what she asked me is she's like, hey, do you think I should let my kids see me as I start to explore Releasing my emotions. Like, should I let my kids see me cry? Should I let my kids see me, you know, be disappointed or just be sad or frustrated or angry? Like, these things that we tend to label as, hmm, I don't know, bad or undesirable or weak or not good or like whatever label we put on them, they're really just some of the more uncomfortable emotions, right? At their core. No emotions are bad all emotions are welcome all emotions are normal considering what it is that we're experiencing it's how our body is wired and programmed to function it's healthy so there are no good emotions or bad emotions but there are emotions that are more comfortable to experience than others right that's just that's just true so with some of those more uncomfortable emotions should we let our kids see us experiencing those and if we do how should we go about doing that Right? Like should my kid let – like should I let my kids see me having, uh, I don't know, a, a fight with my husband and, and should I let them see me like getting really angry or like throwing things or hitting things or should I let them see me if I'm having this total like breakdown, meltdown where I'm just like crying like crazy and I can't control what's happening in my body? Like is that okay for my kids to see? Um, And she was explaining to me too that – as she's growing in her awareness and knowledge around emotional regulation and emotional intelligence, she's really being intentional about making sure that her kids know that it's okay for them to express their emotions. And I know a lot of you moms are doing the same thing, right? It's part of why you listen to this podcast. It's like we want to help support our kids in their emotional expression so they grow up to have good habits when it comes to emotions and their um, their emotional Lives and, and the emotions of others, right? And what she noticed is that even though she'll say things to her kids like, "Hey, it's okay, it's okay if you're feeling, you know, really angry right now, or it's okay if you're feeling really sad right now, you can cry," um, even though she makes it a safe place for them to do so, she notices that they still tend to want to hold it back and hold it in. Um, and she was wondering if it was in in part due to the fact that they don't see her cry. Or they haven't seen her really express some of these uncomfortable emotions. And the same thing um, with her partner, with her husband. So I want to get into that today because it's such a good question. And it also got me thinking that I want to be able to answer more of your questions. Um, I did an episode on Monday. Um, so two episodes ago that was also based on a question. This, that time it was my sister-in-law calling me up to get my thoughts on something um, that was going on for her and about rewarding our kids for not crying. And then now this episode is in response to a great question from someone in our community. So I want to open up the floor to answer more of your questions. I know you guys have questions. I know there are things that come up for you as you're listening to these episodes or maybe you're trying to put some of this stuff into practice and you're running into like a snag, or you're not sure if you're doing it right, Um, or maybe your kids or your husband are not responding in the ways in which you thought they would respond, Um, or maybe it doesn't really have anything in particular to do with any episode, but there's just things that you've been experiencing or noticing that you'd love to have my feedback on, and you'd love to ask me a question about, and I want to answer them for you. And it's one of those things where I know if you're having a question or if you have a question, someone else has the same question, right? Like they're going through the same thing. We are all in this together. So I just encourage you, if you have any question about your own nervous system, your own emotions, anything relating to, you know, anxiety you're experiencing or overwhelm or burnout, um, boundaries, anything that we talk about on this show or just anything really that you're experiencing on your motherhood journey I would love it. You're going to notice a new link in the show notes. Um, I called it Ask Michelle a Question. And it's going to – if you click that link, it just says ask, ask Michelle a Question. It's going to take you to um, a landing page where you can record a quick question right from your phone or or your computer, um, but wherever you're listening to the podcast episode. So you're going to click Ask Michelle a Question. It's going to bring you to this page with a button that says Record Um, You can record a question for me and then you're just going to hit send. You're going to put your name and your email and hit send. Um, And then that question is going to come to my inbox as though you were leaving me a voicemail and I'll be able to listen to your question and then I'll be able to answer it on a future episode. Um, So this is your chance if you've ever wanted to pick my brain or you're like, man, I tried this and I really you know, want to know what I should do next. or This is what I'm noticing. I'd love to hear her thoughts on it. Guys. Chime in. I want to hear from you, and I promise you're not the only one going through any of this stuff. Um, So, as that comes up, I'll continue to mention it in future episodes. But as stuff comes up, man, click that link, record your message, hit send, and I'll answer it in a future episode. I would so love, so love, so love to collaborate with you more in the production of this podcast. So, let me hear your voice. Let me hear your questions. Let me hear what's going on for you so we can talk about it. Okay. So back to this question about letting our kids see us cry. So the answer is yes. (laughs) Yes, we absolutely should. Our kids should be able to see us cry. They should be able to see us when we're frustrated, when we're mad, um, when we are disappointed. All of these things that we tend to want to hide from our kids in order to protect them, right? And that's at the core of it. We want to protect our kids because we're worried that if they see us cry, you know, it's going to make them sad or they're going to feel, you know, you know, they they might start crying too or whatever it is. We don't want to scare them. Um, so let's talk about it. I want to talk about three things, three tips, three handles, really from a nervous system perspective, from a developmental perspective on why I think it's healthy and important for our kids to see us in those uncomfortable emotions and then how we can do so in a way that feels um, safe in a way that feels loving in a way that feels aligned for everyone. Um, so here's a few things that I think you should remember first, remember that our children, any children, kids in general, they can handle pretty uncomfortable things. Our kids can handle pretty painful things. They they can just handle these things, but here's the catch. They cannot process it well on their own on their own. So can our kids handle us crying in front of them? Can they handle us being really angry or really frustrated? Yes, they can handle all of that. And they will handle it so much better when we're able to help them process what it is that they're seeing, what it is that they're feeling, what it is that they're experiencing when they see us having big emotions that are often uncomfortable. So how do we go about doing this? Well, the first thing I think is that just being, um, I think when we try to hide our big things, like let's say you're really upset about something, you get some news and it's really like sad to you or you're really frustrated about something and it's causing you to feel like crying or you just have one of those days that we all have where you're like, I'm just feeling sad today. Like I just feel like crying today. And you start crying, right? Let's say you're in the kitchen and you're crying and you're, I don't know, your 10-year-old walks in or your five-year-old walks in and sees you crying. Our instinct, or at least I'll I'll speak for myself and I think a lot of us, is to like wipe our eyes, take a deep breath and pretend like everything's okay, right? Don't worry about it. Mom's fine. Everything's good. Like, what did did you need? Did you need a snack? Did you need some help with something, right? And pretend that everything's fine. The same thing if we get, you know, have a disagreement with our partner or someone else, it's like it's really easy if our kids start to witness some of that for us to be like, it's fine. Like save this for later. No worries. You, you didn't see anything. There's nothing for you to worry about. Like it's all good. And I think that there's a couple things um, when we do that, that's actually not what we're intending <laughs> to model or, or that's not our t- what, what that outcome might be isn't actually what we're intending. So we think that we're protecting our kids. But the thing is that we're actually creating a disconnect. And we talked about this in Monday's episode about what happens when we reward our kids for not crying, is that for our children, we're holding up a mirror to so many of their internal experiences. So if my six-year-old walks into the kitchen and she sees me crying, she's seen it, right? Already there's something going off in her that's saying, oh my goodness, like mom is sad, something is going on, right? And whatever it brings up in her, maybe it brings up compassion, maybe it brings up confusion, maybe it brings up all of these things, right? But if she comes over to me and she's like, mommy, what's wrong? And I wipe my eyes and I'm like, nothing's wrong. I'm fine. Everything's good. Like what, what did you need? What am I doing? I'm telling her, right? That I mean, she knows what she saw. So I'm I'm holding up a mirror to her that isn't reflecting what she experienced. So now she's probably questioning her own intuition. She's questioning, you know, if she read the room, Correctly, you know, did she not see what she thinks she saw? Um, and I'm taking from her an opportunity to learn how to extend compassion. How to extend compassion. What is compassion really? Right? Compassion, even the root of the word co meaning with and passion meaning suffering. It's the ability to be with someone in their suffering. So if I'm crying in the kitchen and my six year old walks in and I say, oh, no, it's nothing. I'm fine. It's nothing for you to worry about. You know, go finish your homework or whatever. One, there's disconnect there because it's not matching what it is that she's seeing, right? So I'm not teaching her to pick up on all of those nonverbal cues that our kids are really good at picking up on. And then second, I'm taking from her an opportunity from her to learn to practice compassion, which is being with someone else in their discomfort, in their pain in their struggle, right? All of these things. So if I, instead of pretending everything is fine and then telling my kids, you know, go away or what do you need or, you know, nothing to worry about, I'm all good. What's another way that we can approach that? That helps our kids process it, right? That helps our kids process what it is that they're witnessing and experiencing. The first I think is to really sit down with them and own it, own what you're feeling and explain it to them right? What a beautiful opportunity for you to sit down and be like, hey, you remember the last time that you felt really sad when, you know, whatever it is that comes to mind for you, where they felt really sad or asking them to bring up a time when they felt really sad. And you can say like, just because I'm a grown-up doesn't mean I don't feel sad. (laughs) I have the same emotions that you have. We all do, right? All human beings have emotional experiences and it's okay. It's nothing to hide. It's nothing to be shameful of, right? Like, When I cry, I'm not going to hide it from you anymore. I'm going to let you see it because it's a normal part of just being a human being. So sometimes you feel angry when, you know, someone won't share with you or you feel angry when things don't go your way. The same thing happens with me. I feel angry too, or I get disappointed or I get scared. All these things too, right? You're not the only one that goes through that. So you're sitting with them and you're letting them be with you in that discomfort. And guys, I totally get it. The first few times you do this, I'm telling you, it's going to be even more <laughs> uncomfortable, right? You're already crying in front of your kids. To ask them to sit with you and talk about it is going to be uncomfortable. But guys, that's where the growth happens. That's where the best teaching happens. That's beautiful modeling that you're doing for your kids. So what could you do in that situation? Hey, I am crying. I'm really sad about something. You want to sit down and talk about it? Or, you know, when I'm crying, something that makes me feel better is to be close to someone I love. Would you like to sit on my lap with me for a few minutes and we can talk about it? Or however it is you want to approach them um, and then have a conversation with them. And guys, this is, you know, you have great discernment as their mom about what an age appropriate conversation around your emotions might look like, right? For your three-year-old, that might be a very different conversation than with your 12-year-old. Um, But either way, you don't have to share all these like intimate details that aren't appropriate for them to know. You don't have to share things that you think are beyond their understanding or wouldn't really be helpful. All you really have to share is that you're feeling a certain emotion. It is a normal thing to feel that they are going to feel it sometimes and that sometimes when we feel these emotions, we really just want to be around things and people that make us you know, feel loved and bring us comfort so that we can allow those emotions to kind of get out of our body. Because it's an opportunity for us to teach our kids that when we hold this stuff in, it's not good for our bodies, right? It's gonna come out in other ways. It can even make us um, sick. So it's really good that when we're feeling big feelings that we've got to let them out. And that's what I'm doing right now. So it's okay. I'm curious, do you have a really... Great BS detector. You maybe you're often skeptical of others. Are you really street smart? Would you say you're pretty self-assured? You often find yourself being the leader in the group? Maybe you even struggle to ask for help. Do you love a good challenge? Do you fight really hard for the causes you believe in? Do you have a great sense of humor? I bet you're a blast. You might have thought that these were all parts of your personality. But they might actually be coping mechanisms you've picked up over the course of your life. And they're having a huge impact on how you show up, especially on this motherhood journey. Are you curious to know more? You got to take my personality patterns quiz. Here's what's going on. When you were a child, whenever an experience overwhelmed your nervous system, you subconsciously built a defense against that overwhelm. Over time, those defenses became a habit and then they became a pattern. And now as an adult, what we think of as our personality is often this defense pattern running the show. It's so interesting, right? There are five different personality patterns and they're not personality types like the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs, but rather they describe the safety strategies that we immediately go to when we start to feel overwhelmed. They don't describe who we are so much as what's blocking who we are. The good news is that once you take my quiz and learn about your pattern, You can learn skills to break out of that pattern. And then you can live and parent your kids as your true and authentic self. Click on the quiz link in the show notes or go to michellegrosser.com forward slash quiz now to take my two-minute personality pattern quiz. So that's number one, right? That our kids can, just a reminder to ourselves that our kids can handle this stuff. They just don't handle it well on their own. So they need us to be by them. And help them, right, as we're expressing emotions, um, help them to process their witnessing of that experience. And then the second thing, and it kind of goes hand in hand with the first, is that we want to make sure that they understand that even though we as their parent, as their caregiver um, are having big emotions, that we're crying or we feel disappointed or we feel scared or we feel um, angry, that they're still safe that they are safe. So you can tell them like, listen, I am, I am sad today. This is making me sad. If you want to share what it is that's making you sad, but I just want you to know that you're safe, right? We're all safe in this home. We all love each other so much. You know, just because you saw me having a disagreement with your dad, that happens. That happens when you live in close relationships with people that you love a lot, right? I know you love your Sister or your brother. And do you guys sometimes disagree? Yeah, you do, right? I remember yesterday you were disagreeing about who's going to, I don't know, what do kids fight about? Who is going to go first to use the bathroom, <laughs> right? Like, so sometimes dad and I, even though we really love each other, we have disagreements too. Or even though, you know, I have so much to be grateful for in my life, it's normal that sometimes I'm going to feel sad or disappointed and you are safe. Even if I have big emotions, right? Even if you're sitting here with me, like I'm not going anywhere, dad's not going anywhere, nothing bad is going to happen. You can be around us, right? This isn't something that we have to hide from you and you are safe. And just repeating that in different contexts to them, um, that it is safe to have big emotions. It's safe for the other people around us to have big emotions and that we can sit with them in that, again, like practicing compassion, and we don't have to do anything about it, right? We can just be there and feel safe in that and feel like learn to feel comfortable in that. Man, that is powerful. So I think it's important. That's the second thing is to just ensure that we're reiterating to our children when they're witnessing us in big emotions that they are safe. They are safe. They are safe. They are safe. And then the third thing. Is that we want to make sure that our kids understand that it is not their job to make us feel better. It is not their job to fix things. It is not. It's not their job to rescue us from these uncomfortable emotions. It's not their job to save us, right? It's not their job. It's not their responsibility. It's never their job. So you can, how do you, how do you relate that? Well, you can say things to your kids like, listen, it's normal for me to feel sad And it's not, it's not fun to feel sad, but everyone feels sad sometimes. And I know that this is going to pass and I'm going to feel better, right? In a few minutes, I'm going to feel better tomorrow, however it is you want to express it. But it's okay for me to feel like this. You don't have to make it better. You don't have to go get me a snack. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to change anything in your behavior. You don't have to I don't know. Get better grades. You don't have to go talk to dad about what, like, what happened. So he comes to apologize or anything like that. Like, you don't have to do anything to make me feel better. Because we want to release our children from that. We want to release them from this duty, this sense of obligation that they are responsible for how others feel. That they are responsible for how, for others' emotions. And that it's their job to make sure everyone around them is good, to make sure everyone around them is happy all the time. Because a lot of us, that's a pattern that we've picked up through childhood. Um, Maybe, you know, caregiver roles were reversed and we were a parentified child. And for whatever reason, we were really responsible for taking care of our parents. We were responsible for our parents' well-being. We were responsible for their emotional health. And that is a heavy... (laughs) burden, right? If some of you have carried that, you know that that can be a really heavy burden. And then, you know, as children who are parentified in that way and who are made to be responsible for how their parents are feeling, then you grow up as an adult, right, who's doing the same thing. I'm only as good as my partner is doing today, or I'm only as good as my kids are doing, or I feel this deep um, sense of, of responsibility to make sure that everyone around me is having the best time always, which is not something we can control. And that can become something that can be debilitating where we don't have our center and we are only doing as good as other people are doing around us or we feel like we have this need within us to constantly want to fix others or make things right for them um, to the extent where we can't really ever be quote unquote good unless the people around us are also quote unquote good. So we want to make sure that as our kids are witnessing any of our big emotions, that we reiterate to them and express to them and remind them that it's not their job to make us feel better. You know, like, hey, you can sit by me. I would love it if you, you know, held my hand. Maybe we could read a book or we could get snuggly under the covers and watch a show together or maybe just, you know, just sit here for a few minutes. Um, if If that would, you know, feel good for you, if you want to sit by me like that but you don't have to, right? You don't have to do anything. I know, right, that my body's just doing something that it already knows how to do. And once, you know, these tears stop coming out, and once I'm able to calm my body down a little bit, um, I'm going to feel better. You don't have to do anything to make me feel better. This is my, this is my journey. This is my, um, these are my emotions and I take responsibility for them. However it is you want to express that again in a way that's feels age appropriate for your kids, and they would understand it. And just sharing with them that, you know, just their presence is a beautiful thing that they can offer you as you kind of ride the wave of whatever emotion it is, and then um, take it from there without anything um, being done, done by them. So those are the three things I think that are important to remember when we let our kids witness our big emotions. It's a beautiful opportunity for us to coach and teach and model that all. All emotions are welcome. Um, We don't have to hide our emotions. We don't have to hold them in. Mom and dad, right, let me practice what it's like to be around some of these big emotions so then when I'm a grown-up, I can be around the people that I love and support them and their expression of emotions and myself in a way that is really healthy. So number one, just a deep understanding that our kids can handle it. Um, They just can't handle it on their own. So there are ways in which we can teach, coach, and model for them, talk it through with them, ask them questions, um, ask them how they're feeling about it, ask them what's coming up for them, and then just being with them in your own emotional journey is a really powerful tool. And then second, just reminding them that they're safe. Even though you have big emotions, um, that it doesn't mean that they're unsafe. It doesn't mean that your marriage is on the rocks. It doesn't mean that someone's going to leave or something bad is going to happen that it's totally normal and totally safe to have those emotions. And then third, again, just reminding them it's not their job to make you feel better. It's not their job to fix things. It's not their job to save you. If they want to, you know, they can extend their compassion by just being present with you as you let those emotions ride. So those are the three things. Um, I think it's really beautiful also that in expressing these emotions in front of our kids and allowing them to witness it, I think it also teaches them um, that while all emotions are welcome, not all behavior is welcome when we're having big emotions, right? So maybe my kids will see me cry or maybe they'll see me where I look and feel really frustrated, but I can model to them that even if I'm feeling really frustrated or really mad, it doesn't mean that I hit anybody. It doesn't mean that I necessarily yell or yell or at anybody, right? I don't call names. I don't um, throw things that could hurt people, um, whatever it is, right? Like we can have these big emotions in ways that are healthy, in ways that are healthy. So you're also teaching that to your kids when you allow them to witness you. Like you can also be sad. And you can also be angry without hurting yourself or hurting anyone around you, right? You can still be respectful of yourself and of others, loving to yourself and loving of others, even though you have big emotions. And as we model that, that's such a powerful way um, to help reinforce the things that we're teaching our kids, right? And in all these other different scenarios and situations. So That's what I got for you today. Um, I'm trusting that this was helpful for somebody. If you're someone who has really struggled expressing your emotions, um, if that hasn't felt safe, if you're listening to this and you're like, wow, I do not let anyone see me uh, feel any of these things. I don't even let myself feel it, right? The minute I notice like that feeling, a scratchy feeling in my throat or tears might be coming up or that feeling in my gut or that feeling in my chest or I'm getting... Angry or agitated or irritated, man, I just shoved that right back where it came from. If that is your experience and you want to help grow in this area because it will help regulate your nervous system, it will help with so many mental, physical and emotional symptoms that you're experiencing um, and allow you to create and lead from an embodied space while you teach your children about so much around their emotional regulation um, and their emotions. I would love to support you in that, guys. Somatic work, mind-body work, emotional, nervous system regulation is my wheelhouse. Um, it's just such powerful healing available in this space. If you're looking to reconnect and release some of this stuff, so you can go about your days feeling just a lot more light um, and have having more energy and more focus and more clarity, and just being the best you, so you can be the best mom and the best wife, um, and also because you deserve, you deserve to be the best you for yourself. Um, I would love to support you. So there's also a link in the show notes to book a free discovery call. It's 30 minutes. Um, no strings attached. We can just jump on a zoom. You can let me know what it is that you're noticing and experiencing. And then any ways in which I can support you, we can talk about what that might look like. Um, so I would love to meet you. I would love to have some FaceTime with you. So if that's something that feels aligned for you, go ahead and, and, um, jump on that link and, Book a discovery call. So, I want you to leave me a voice note with a question. Um, I'd love to answer on a future episode. And then I'd love to meet you on a Zoom in a discovery call if that feels like it might be good for you. So, those links are all below. Um, But thanks for listening today. I love you guys so much. Have a great rest of the week. And I will talk to you soon. If you love mommy's polygraph, leave a review. Leaving a review is truly the best way you can thank me. And of course, DM me on Instagram. I love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to another episode. Head over to the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at michellegrosser.com where you'll find free resources and more ways to connect with me. If you love the show, share it with a friend. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you next time.